God bless you and welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson, and today I have a, a wonderful guest, a, a guy that I just met a couple of weeks ago, um, just has a passion for the Lord, uh, just love his spirit and um, kind of a serious guy, but uh, he really uh, enjoys uh, having a laugh every now and then. Um, guys, I just want you to meet uh, Brother Daniel. Uh, how you doing, Daniel? Good, Anthony. God bless you, and, and God bless everybody that's uh, listening in and, and watching this. Amen. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it. Amen. Thanks for joining me, man. Uh, now, where are you at? Where Where are you at? What part of the world are you at? <laughs> I'm in the, the state of Texas, or the country of Texas. <laughs> right, right, at. right. <laughs> uh, I am in Texas, uh, North North Dallas, and uh, that's where my family and I have been residing now for almost three years. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. And so, um, married kids, how many years? <laughs> so I am married. Uh, I do have uh, three kids, three wonderful girls. Uh, I always say if I have one more, I can be like Philip the Evangelist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, but I think we're done. We're, we have three kids right now. I'm a uh, firefighter for the city of Dallas. Uh, so that is my full-time job, uh, my career. And then when I'm not working, I am just trying to, you know, we share the word. Well, I share the word even when I'm on duty, but when I'm off duty, I have more time to study, raise my kids, and just focus on, you know, uh, living the way, you know, God wants us to live, so. Amen, amen. Now, you have a podcast. What's the name of that podcast? And tell me a little bit about what prompted you to start it. So, I do have a podcast. Uh, the name of the podcast is Speak God's Word. Mm -hmm. And the title just says it all. It's all about speaking straight out of scripture straight out of the word um trying to always you know when i teach or when i share a lot of uh you know of what we're reading and and, I, and you've you've heard some of the things that i've shared on my podcast is i'm doing a lot of reading i'm going through a lot of scripture and that is because i want to be able to you know read it out to the audience um you know even if they're following if they're following along that's that's even better um, but just so that they don't just hear my words, but that they hear the word of God, Amen. you know, because if we have that same Bible, it's not my words. We both can read the exact same word. Sure, there are different versions, you know, of the word, uh, but the interpretation and the meaning is there. And so, you know, speak God's word. It's all about speaking the integrity and the accuracy of God's word. You know, uh, there's a lot of sometimes a lot of, you know, what I think or you know, my interpretation and whatnot, and, and sometimes can create a lot of confusion. Yeah. And so I try to just bring it back to, this is what the Word of God says, and we will read it together uh, so that we're reading the exact same words that God wrote for me, for you, and all the believers uh, that come together. Amen. That is, that is so beautiful, because that's what it's all about for us as as believers, is that, you know, Jesus said, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so the word of God is supposed to feed our spirit and help us to walk in this eternal life that he's produced for us and that Jesus purchased for us. And so um, the word of God, man, what, what, you know, the word is a lamp to our feet and a light yeah. to our pathway. What did Jesus say? That man shall not live by bread alone, but that by every long. word. That, so That's the, right. the word of God is our, our, our life source. It's our lifeline. It's our lifeblood. And so, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that you're passionate about the word of God. Um, and that's what your podcast is all about. Um, and that's what we're about. That's what we're about is 
helping people to know what the, what the word says and uh, what that's all about. Uh, so I want to yeah. again, I want to thank you for for joining me. Now I had listened to one of your podcasts and um, was really stirred uh, by the conversation of this old man versus the new man. Now. Um, Actually, I, I chose this subject because um, one of my supporters, one of my listeners said, hey, can you do something on this? And I was like, well, I don't have to be the one to do it. I can, you know, I, I know a guy, I listened to a podcast that I would love to have that conversation with this gentleman. And you reached, you reached back and we connected it. And, and so here we are. And so the old man versus new man, uh, what is that? How do we define <laughs> old man versus new man because most people you know come in they say well i prayed a prayer and now i'm saved uh i don't know if that, i don't know if that's it there's a lot more that we have to know right <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and well and you know me and you know i'm always going to go back to the word and, and straight yeah, let's go to the word. And, <laughs> and always you go back to the word exactly and you know the, the word of god mentions it it mentions the terminology old man you know, and and a new man, and you know the old man. It's it's not talking about an older person or anything like right. that. It's just talking about of you know an old state of being, an old way of being. And you know, it, it is interesting that you brought that up. Be, uh, uh, when a person becomes born again, and when they become a Christian, it's kind of like, well, now what? Right. You know, and 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 I and it's great that they continue to hear the gospel. But I think what's important is for them to recognize that once they become a son and daughter of God, they become this new man this new creature uh or new creation that that god has created in christ right and yeah. and that is how we're to follow his example and we can break that down you know for example defining the old man you know the defining the old man is it's just the nature of who we are without christ and the spirit of god in us that is what the old nature refers to um you know it involves our state of uh, our state of being regarding life and death right so if we're in the old nature according to scripture that result is death um if you compare it to the new man and the new man the result of that is life everlasting um you know the old man deals a lot of with our own thoughts our own emotions and our own behavior um and, and we can look at several verses where it talks about putting off the old man and putting on the new man right you know and what exactly does that mean and i remember sharing with you that uh and even in the podcast i mentioned that a lot of times we think we have to you know, better our old man hmm. or try to change our old man, try to change who we were and make it better, you know. And I, for a long time, I struggled with that. You know, I, I try to I try to be more patient or, you know, uh, when I'm maybe handling my kids or I'm having a conversation with my wife, you know, be a better listener. Or if I'm dealing with with other people or situation, you know, uh, you know, having patience or, or, or walking in love and all these things you know, that are in the word of God of how we ought to be is actually described under the application of the new, new man, man, right? Rather than fix your old man, <laughs> you know, and well, you know, and making a very long story short is that's what Christ came to do. He came to get rid of the old man so that we can walk in the new man. Um, you know, if we do a study uh, in, in a, a word study of the usage of old man, I believe the first one that comes up is, is Romans 6, 6. And that's the one where it says, you know, that our old man is crucified so, with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Yeah. So it's interesting that the old man is identified as the body of sin. 
Right. And 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 then the verse says it's destroyed because it's been crucified with Christ. So we no longer have to live in that old man nature. We no longer have to live in in, in that way of being. That's not our state of being no, any anymore. Once we're sons and daughters of God. Once we're born again. Yeah, and and I, and I think I, I love the way you described that. You know, like you said, straight from Scripture. This is what it is. And so often we are. We're trying to dress up and make better this old man that is supposed to be crucified and dead. And so if we're crucified with Christ, then we're supposed to be raised with him. You know, the Bible says that in that same chapter of Romans, that sin shall not so no longer have dominion over you. Why? Well, because that body is dead. That's right. <laughs> and now you're That's new right. in Christ. And so for most people, right, you know, there's another verse uh, in Timothy. First Timothy, he says, godliness, uh, he says, a bodily exercise, right, has benefit. But we should exercise ourselves in godliness. So, again, we can work on this flesh, right? We can work on this person and try to make this person better. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the most beneficial is to embrace the new man, which That's is in right. Christ. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Ephesians, Ephesians 4.22 talks about putting off the old man, mm-hmm. right? It, it doesn't say, you know, mix and match your dress attire or, you know, or, <laughs> right. or, you know add, add a little bit of this or add a little bit of seasoning to your old man. No, it says put it off, take it off, do away with it, right? You know, in regards to our practicality, the practicality in our walk of life, in our walk with God, uh I can't. It's, I can't um, document. I mean, I can, but I can't remember where it is exactly. Where it says um, uh, those, that, if you don't have the spirit of God, you can't please God. Or those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's the verse. Those who are in the flesh, which is referring to the old man nature, right. cannot please God. So Rome it doesn't eight. matter how hard we try. You know, if we continue to try to make the old man better, it's never going to please God. Right. And, and that's just because it cannot function with the spirit of God in us, which is why when we have that spirit of God in us, it makes us that new man. We have the ability to walk in, in, in the newness of life that God has given us. Right. You know, and, that's and Romans in, chapter you know, in Ephesians eight. four, that same verse, it talks mm-hmm. about the reason why we need to put it off. It's because it says it's corrupt. Amen. You know, they, that entire verse says put off the old man because it's corrupt. You know, it's corrupt because it cannot do the will of God. You know, the old nature, the, the old man nature cannot please God nor produce the fruits of the Spirit of God, as explained in Galatians 5, or I believe it's Galatians 5, or Galatians 6, where it mentions the fruits of the Spirit. Yes, Galatians, Galatians 5. You know, and, and, yeah. Galatians 5. And, yeah. and it's it's important to note that it says the fruits of the Spirit, mm. not the fruits of the flesh. Right. And it actually compares what the fruits of the flesh are and what the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruits of the Spirit that, you know, that, that produces patience, you know, love, kindness, joy, and all those and, and all the fruits that are mentioned in, in, in that context is it's the fruits of the spirit. You know, and you bring up a great point there. Um, the verse that you were talking about earlier was Romans eight. Uh, I believe it's Romans eight, six, that those that are in the flesh cannot please God. They won't please God. They won't be obedient to God in, in Romans eight. But in the, uh, the Romans six, six. Yeah. And in, um, in the Galatians, he says the works of the flesh. And the fruit of the spirit, which shows something different, right? That the flesh, 
you know, the Bible says the wages of, the wages of sin is death, right? And mm -hmm. so there's this work of the flesh, right? But there's fruit yep. of the spirit. And so how do we get fruit of the spirit? From the deposit of the spirit in our life, the fruit is produced just by us yielding to what God wants to do. And later on, he says that we're, that, that those that are uh, uh, walking in the spirit, they have crucified the flesh. And there's that crucifixion of the flesh again, because we have to die so that this new life comes about. And so it, it, it when I think about this, I say, well, how do we grasp that? You know, and I thought about the verse where it says in, in Romans 12, um, two, that he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's as if when we give our, our life over to Christ and he is Lord of our life, that we still have to retrain our thinking in order to catch up with our position in Christ. Would you, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, I agree because I, I think what happens a lot of, a lot of times with many Christians is that they think that this, this renewing of the mind is automatic. Right. You know, they think that once, once I'm a Christian, you know, it's an automatic renewal of the mind and, and it, and it's not, you know, we're the ones. And if, and if we go to scripture with it, you know, the words are, Renew, you have to renew the mind. We have, you know, put off the old man, put on the new. It's an action. Someone has to do the action. And, you know, where we really have to perhaps have a deeper understanding of this is that the spirit of God does not possess us. Right. You know, God has decided that his spirit is not going to possess us. We have to be the ones that walk in the spirit. We have to be the ones that walk with everything that all the blessings that God has given us, we have to decide to live with those things. Yes. Uh, you know, they're available to us. The manifestations are, are available to us. You know, the uh, walking with power from on high, you know, listening to the voice of God. All these things are available to us if we apply our minds to those things. It, it doesn't come to us just automatically. What does come to us automatically is the eternal life, all the all the promises all the guarantees, all the blessing, all the blessings that come of the with the new birth, you know, that's automatic. But the application of the spirit is not automatic. We have to be the ones that change our way of thinking, which is why teaching the word or right. in the in the case of the podcast that I call, you know, speak God's word is the teaching is so required because you know, when you're giving something new, you gotta read the instructions on how right. to use it, right? right? You know, it's kind of like one one thing I like to kind of share with people when I'm talking about manifestations of the spirit and the things of the spirit is it's kind of like a piano. You know, if you want to learn to play the piano, you're going to have to learn to read music. You're going to have to learn to touch the notes. The piano is not going to play itself. Right. Sure, it makes a beautiful sound and it, and you can play millions of songs. You can be really, really good at it. But the only way you're going to be good at, good at it is if you practice and you apply those things that you're learning in order for that for the sound to be produced out of the piano it's the same thing with the spirit of god it's in us god has given it to us we're born again of god's spirit we've been you know um baptized in the name of jesus christ we're sons and daughters of god we've been glorified with jesus christ each and says that we're blessed with spiritual blessing from on high god has given us absolutely everything that we need that pertains unto life and if we want to use those things that he's given us, we have to get we have to get to the place of of transforming ourselves by the renewing of our minds. And that's what that's where it is. It's well, how do we transform ourselves? Well, it's renewing of your mind. You have to change the way <laughs> yes. you think. Yes. The only one that can change, the only person that can change the way you think is you. 
And the, the way that's going to be changed is when you learn what the Word of God says, because you can't apply something you don't know. I mean, right. that's just right. logic, right? And, and that's true for any profession. If you want to be a good mechanical engineer, you're going to have to study the field. If you're going to be a doctor or a surgeon, you're going to have to study materials. You're going to have to learn about the body and whatnot. So it's it's not any different with the Word of God. You know, it's, it is a... We are forever grateful for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for what he did for us because we don't have to work for that salvation. We don't have to do something to get right with God. All we have to do is believe the gospel. Now, if we want to walk, and here's where it's the application, is we want to walk with our Heavenly Father. If we want to walk with the fullness that the Spirit gives us that we have, we're going to have to learn what the Word of God says regarding these issues. You know, Absolutely. like the putting off of the old man and, and what this new man is. You know, Christ says, uh, or I think it's in Colossians 3, 9, where it speaks about the deeds or, or walk of the old man. Mm-hmm. And it says to put it off put again. It so off. that's another place in Colossians 9 where it says to put it off. And then verse 10 says to put on the new man. Right. So, you know, it is a constant and it's a constant decision to put it off and to put it on. Every day we have to put it off and put it on. You know, there are times, you know, we wake up in a bad mood. We didn't sleep right. Our, our, our emotions are not always consistent. I mean, that, we're humans, right? And we can't base our walk on emotion, you know, or, or what's going on. Sure, our emotions are affected by things around us, maybe by our spouse, our friends, and our family. But it's here's where it starts. The mind controls the body and, and can control your emotions. So when we, if we fill our minds with the word of God, then we're able to transfer the rest of that to our heart and to the rest of our bodies. And, and we and, walk out on those, on those words. And so you, you, you bring up a great point. You know, w- one of the verses that have, have always impacted me. And when I've, you know, sat down with people and tried to really walk through it is second Corinthians five seventeen. You know, the Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become or are made new. And so this speaks to this new man, this new life, this new uh, new desires, new way of thinking. And there's always this tension, right, that we want to settle into the old man because it's more comfortable. The old man is, we know more of that. To, to walk in this new life, it's going to take an act, like you said, of our will. We're going to have to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. It's like when Jesus went and, 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 and saw the, the, the uh, Peter and Andrew, uh, and, or when he saw the sons of Zebedee, he said, come and follow me. Okay, he said that, but they had to respond, right? And Holy Spirit dwelling in us is going to say, follow me. And we have to respond, right? And so this new life is really about us embracing what we've received. Now, there's some hurdles to that, right? There's there's some there's some some challenges to that. What are some of the challenges to walking in this newness of life? <laughs> well, I can tell you what I believe to be the, the top one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that is just the lack. And so there, there, there are two forms of being ignorant, right? There's ignorance because you really just don't know. And then there's ignorance because you choose to be ignorant, right? You, right. you know what it says, <laughs> but you're just choosing not to, you know, believe it or, 
not to or just ignore that information right and so what happens is is that many people have read that verse probably and i'm sure they've come across it right. Corinthians 5 17 you know and, and if we read it and it's very emphatic in what it says right so therefore if any man be in christ well how are we in christ it is through believing right it's it's by faith romans 10 9 right right uh if you confess with thy mouth jesus is lord and believe that god raised him from the dead you shall be saved, saved. okay and then it says he is a new creature hmm. or creation he is a new creation all things are passed away. This is a declaration. This yes. is not, this is not, hey, you know, it, it, it could be, it may be true. It's not true. No, this is what the word of God says. This, And this is where I think many Christians struggle is that God says what he means and he means what, what he, he says. says. Yes. It's right there. And a lot, and a lot of times Christians are, are, it, are still in the state of mind of, well, I know it says that, but. <laughs> there's got to be more or there's got to be something else to it, you know, as if. And so they, they, they spend most of their time trying to develop this old man, you know, like they're not good enough or mm. no, they're, they're believe or confessing Jesus is Lord and believing that God raised him from that. It's not enough. There has to be something else. And here's the thing. If there was something else we had to do, then Jesus Christ didn't come to fill everything. Right. right, right. But that's not what the word of God says. We have to go back to the word. We have to take God at his word. He sent his son to fulfill every single requirement that was asked of God, that was required of God in order for us to get back in fellowship with him. You know, what ruined the relationship was Adam, right? right. Adam had, because of his disobedience, death passed upon all men. All men. But then came what Christ is called the second Adam in Scripture. Then came the second Adam. Then came Christ to restore what Adam had lost, which was the spirit life in us, in, in man. And so Christ did it all for us. And a lot of times Christians are spent too much time still in trying to do it for themselves. Yeah, They're, they're a son of God. They're a daughter of God. But they still live in condemnation. They still live in that state of mind that, Oh, I just don't feel good enough or no, there has to be more or or they get reminded constantly of their past mistakes or their past sins. And so, you know, it's kind of like they know too much about themselves that prevents them from walking in the new man. And so, you know, this this declaration that says here, you know, old things are passed away. Behold, this word behold oh. is, hey, it's an emphatic look, you know, it's not like, hey, by the way, <laughs> no, it's behold. Take, open your eyes. Uh, all things are become new. God has given us everything new that we need through Jesus Christ. And yes. if we just believe exactly what it says and apply it to our minds, we can move on from that and say, okay, I don't have to worry about fixing my old self because that's done away with. In fact, God told the children of Israel or, or um over time, and I believe he was telling the newer generations, was I would not bring up your old sins again. Mm. I would not bring those to remembrance. Mm. And they weren't they weren't even sons and daughters yet. You know, the spirit of God hadn't even come into their bodies yet. We, having under a much better covenant with God and, and being and having Jesus Christ as our mediator, if He didn't bring up their past sins, God is not going to bring up our past sins. He's not going to bring up old trash to make us feel bad or to make us feel like we're not good enough. That, that is a complete lie. That is what the devil does. See the, 
the devil may not try, can take that salvation from us, but he sure can keep you from living in the fullness of the spirit of life here on earth while we're here. Well, you know, you, you bring up a good point because, you know, what does scripture say? Romans 5, I think it's 512. He says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so if he was willing to die for us while we were still yeah. sinners, why would he save us and then start talking about all our old sins? <laughs> you yeah. know, that, that, that's exactly. not the, that's, that doesn't even make sense. What he wants is for us to walk in this newness of life, this brand yeah. new opportunity, this brand new chance to see the world from a whole different perspective. And what happens is we find out that a lot of the stuff that we thought was important is not important. A lot of this stuff that we thought was living, that's not actually living. You know, living is in Christ. True life, true meaning, true purpose is in this relationship with Jesus Christ. And we would never know that except we step into this thing, like you said, by faith. By faith, all of the gifts of God are at our disposal. By faith, all of the access to the grace that is unlimited is right there for us. By faith, he's prepared a place for us that when we're absent from the body, we're going to be present with the Lord, right? And, and, right. and So he, he set everything up for us to enjoy time with him because that's what we had in the beginning. In the garden, they had everything. They had God, yeah. they had food, they had, you know, Adam and Eve had each other. That's what he wants to give us back is that we'll be in his presence with no need for anything but him. But there's a time period be before that, right? We've got to live here and we've got to, like you said, renew our mind and embrace what he says. And this is the process of sanctification. Sanctification is this process between being saved and being glorified, <laughs> you know? And so in between here, we do learn to live differently and learn to be transformed into the image of the son. And so sanctification, you know, when we talk about that, that process, uh, when you're explaining it to people or when you're sharing it with people, how do you get that across to them that there is a process of being made separate and made holy? So whenever I, so sanctification, I, I had, I had in a, that, that, that actually, so sanctification, because it is a, such an important thing, it is such an important word, you know, can, you can actually begin that study, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, right. uh, what, what sanctification meant, uh, you know, God um, set the seventh day to rest and he actually sanctified it. And that Hebrew word sanctified simply means to be set apart set from apart. that which is common, you know. Um, it's to mark off or separate for, for an importance, right? It's to, you know, uh, it's devoted for a special purpose. That's what sanctification means. You know, the seventh day was sanctified. Uh, that, that's an example. What I do whenever I handle this subject about sanctification, I always go to, straight to the scriptures to start off explaining, um, you know, to have a base to then have a conversation and build upon that. Um, so that, again, it's not just my interpretation or, or my explanation of it, but just clearly what the Word of God says. You know, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 11, it says, And speaking of what we were before, in such were some of you, because it mentioned several unrighteous things in the context. It says, In such were some of you, 
but you are now washed, you are sanctified, mm-hmm. and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. So again, this is a declaration. This is a stamp saying you've been washed, you're clean. You're no longer dirty. You don't Come have on. any stains on you. Yes. And then it says you are sanctified. You've you've already been sanctified. You've already been set apart because we're now that new creation. And this is this goes in together with being part of the new man. Is being that new man that God has created in Christ is as a declaration. We have already been, which again, said the word sanctification means to be set apart, to be marked off. You know, we've been separated. We've been marked off from the world, from the from what is common. That's why we are not of the world anymore. We are of God's kingdom. We are children, sons and daughters of God. So we've been sanctified according to this verse. We've been sanctified. And furthermore, we are justified. We have been justified mm. in a court of law. Yes. There's not even the devil himself can bring a case against us because Jesus Christ is our mediator. He is our intercessor. He's our lawyer. He's the one that's speaking to, to the Father on our behalf. So... We're justified. We don't have to make a case. We don't have to bring witnesses. We don't have to, you know, I did all I could. No, Jesus Christ did it while we were yet sinners. He defended us. He 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 risked. He gave his life for us. God raised him from the dead so that we he can be washed. We can be sanctified, and we can be justified. And then, in, in, and it's interesting in the introduction to the uh, to the epistle to the Corinthians in chapter one, Paul says uh in verse two unto the church of god which is at corinth to them that are sanctified Sanctified. Mm -hmm. in christ jesus how are we sanctified we're sanctified in christ jesus so it's a it's an it's something that's already been fulfilled and the process that 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 you're speaking of is walking in that sanctification because it's not something that we can sanctify ourselves in we we already sanctified we already are washed we already are justified so let's walk in those declarations. Let's walk with freedom. You know, and I say freedom because a lot a lot of Christians are still living in bondage. Bondage, bondage yeah. of themselves. Bondage that they don't feel washed. It, it says that they're washed, but they, they haven't fully believed it because they haven't applied it. You know, they can walk being sanctified. Hey, you've already been set apart. Don't set yourself apart because you've already been marked off by the word of God, by the spirit of God. Now walk. As if you're marked off or set apart from the common, from what is common, you know, and then walk with freedom. You've been freed by the judge you, in, in a court of law. We've been justified. You don't have to plead your case anymore, you know, so walk in that freedom and start serving and start focusing on the lives of others, reaching, bringing others to Christ or sharing the knowledge of, of God's word to others, because there are many Christians that are still mentally entrapped with themselves yes. or with other things. And they have not lived with freedom. Christ has freed us with freedom. I mean, it's emphatic <laughs> yes. on when the word of God says that. And, you know, the, the reason, and, there, and it's, there's so many things has that God talks about, for example, when he says, um, do not be anxious for anything, but by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. The reason he can say don't be anxious, which means don't be mentally disturbed or don't be um, don't worry is because he has our backs. We create our own worries. We create our own anxiety because we're always constantly worried about things that God says, hey, I will take care of you. I need I want you to go and serve and teach and, and be my sons and daughters on earth because there's plenty of work to be done. 
You know, if you go to John 14, 12, I love this verse that Jesus says, because in 14, 12, and, you know, when I read this verse, people either never heard of it <laughs> or they're just like, no, there's no way. Verse 14, four, chapter 14 in John, verse 12 says, verily, verily, which says, truly, truly, I say unto you, and this is the words of Jesus Christ, he that believes on me, watch this, the works that I do shall he do also. Look at that. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go on to my Father. We're still living on earth. There's still work to be done. And Jesus Christ says that we can we can do the works that he did. Right. How? How did Jesus Christ do it? Well, he listened to the Father. The words he spoke, he said, they're not my words. They're his words. What I do is not my own will. It's his will. That's it. So when we walk while we're here, we listen for the Father's voice. We do his will. And that way we can do the things that Jesus Christ did, not because, you know, we're him, obviously, we're not him, but in humility, there's work to be done. We need to serve our father and there's lives that still need to be saved. And there's even our brothers and sisters that still need to be fed the word of God because they still live in bondage. Amen. I mean, you know, Jesus said it himself. He said, my meat is to do the will of my father. You know, he says, I've got to work the works of him who sent me. Right. That's right. And so, you know, one of my favorite verses in first John chapter two and verse six, he says, if you abide in him, then you ought to walk as he walked. Right. <laughs> if, if if he's in you and you're in him, then you're going to walk the way that he walked, you know, uh, and, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so he's the picture, you know, that we're being designed into. He's the reflection that we're supposed to be bringing to the earth is that we're just finishing what he started. He died and now we live for him, you know, and so we're supposed to be doing what he started because this life, this life is not the end all be all. And I think most people struggle with the old man versus the new man because they're hanging on to the old man and the old life as if that's it, that I only get one life. You know, and so I got to live it yeah. to the fullest. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, eternal life began. And so even when this world dissolves and Peter says it's burned up, mm -hmm. you have a promise of a better world, a better life, a better kingdom, a better place. And if we could actually think in those terms, we wouldn't be so caught up. And if we lose stuff here, lose stuff there. As a matter of fact, so often we're not walking in the new life because we're still dreaming of things that we wanted in our old life. Yeah. <laughs> we're still desiring yeah. things in our old life, yeah. right? You know, the verse, the verse that comes to mind is Jesus says, I have come so that they may have life and that they may have it in mm, abundance. Right. And we work, we try to work so hard to live in abundance here on earth. And we forget that Jesus Christ says, I have come so that they have that they may have life and have it in abundance. You know, God takes care of our needs. He take he knows what we need. We just go to him, we trust him, and he will take care of it. And you know, we, we live in bondage when we're too concerned about trying to be living in abundance by our own way right. in our own efforts sure we have to put in the work i'm not you know we do have to work we we, we have to 
do our part, but God will still take care of us. You know, and it doesn't matter what profession that is, whether, you know, you're a doctor, you're a teacher, whether you're a journalist, whatever it may be, God is going to use what you are, what you are working in and, and, and bring abundance to your life. And, you know, and, it's, and, and sometimes people make it such a sensitive subject when it talks about, oh, well, you know, he's talking about prosperity. Right. Hey, the word of God mentions prosperity. You know, it, it talk, it, he, when he, uh, in the third epistle of John, it says, uh, I, uh, when, when he's speaking to Gaius, that thou mayest prosper and be, be in health. In health. Mm-hmm. So the word of God, being the, the word, and if God's word says that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, then the will of God is for, for me to be in good health, for for us to be to prosper, oh my gosh, probably mean money all the time. Prosper is prosper in your journey, prosper in your in what you're working so hard to, you know, provide for your family. It's just being successful. You right. know, and I think that again, that's something that's put off many times that I remember when I began being a missionary with my wife, you know, there was this misunderstanding that they were trying to put into our minds that, you know, we had to live with the bare minimum. We just had to, we we couldn't make a certain amount of money, you know. It, it was, and, and and that's what missionary life was about. And, you know, there was just, I mean, I, I'm not going to say something was in me. The spirit of God in me was just tro- troubling me about this. And, you know, something wasn't right. So I went back to the word and I said, that's not what the word of God says. God's word doesn't say live with the bare minimum or you can't, you can't receive a certain amount or, or a total amount just because you're, you're being a mission. That's not at all what the word of God says. God says, hey, I'm going to take care of every single thing you need. Do Do as I say. Go here, go there, say this, do that, perform this miracle, raise the dead, speak, you know, whatever. And and I and I will take care of you. And again, God, God will have us live in abundance when we walk according to his will. You know, and, and financial think, burden mm-hmm. comes sometimes by mistakes that we make. And I think but you, God can uh-huh, go ahead. And I think you bring up a good point because your perspective is you're coming from a perspective of I distrust God. And God's going to give me all I need. Most people are coming from the perspective that they're either in greed, you know, and so they're afraid to want because they know that they're greedy. They're afraid of talking about prosperity because they know that they'll make that God and you can't serve two masters, right? You're either going to love one or hate the other. And so when a person has not don't doesn't have that doesn't have that over uh, you know exaggerated desire to have things then a person like that can walk in God's prosperity without all the trappings but most people they struggle with prosperity because they want it more than they want God they want that more than walking with God and so they'll say yeah you you need to keep yourself humble. Your <laughs> right. You need to keep yourself humble. And you're saying, I don't have that problem. I, I'm, I'm not going to put prosperity over God. He's going to provide all my needs as I obe- be obedient to him and do what he's asking me to do. So I'm not seeking after prosperity. I'm seeking after the will of God. And God is going to take care of That's everything right. that is necessary. Whereas there are some people that it's prosperity that they're after. And they're using God to get it. You know, when people talk about the prosperity gospel, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about a group of people who are still operating in the old man. And they're trying to use 
God to fulfill the needs of their old man instead of operating in the new man, understanding that if I seek first the kingdom of God, all of these things will be added to me. <laughs> he says, don't yeah. worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or how you're going to be clothed. He says, the Gentiles worry about that kind of stuff. You, mm -hmm. as a child of God, you don't have to worry about that. That's what he's really talking about. And when my heart is right towards God, man, sometimes I don't even like telling people some of the things that God has done for me because they'll take it wrong. And they'll think, oh, okay, so I got to do what you're doing so I can get that. No, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is that if you're obedient to God, and you walk in the purpose that he's given you, he will provide whatever yeah. is needed. I mean, yeah. and, and, and sometimes to an overflow. And the more you don't need it, in the sense of, I want it, I want it, I want it, you just say, God, you provide today my daily bread, right? Paul said it this way. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. And other, other people say godliness is a means to great gain. He says those kind of people stay away from them. But people who understand that godliness with contentment is great gain, God will pour out all of he all of what you need on you and to, and to the point where it's overflowing so you can be a blessing to other people as well. Yeah. So I, I think, like you said, with the with the prosperity, we struggle with that because of our internal struggle. You know, you you're not having that struggle. You're saying if God told me to go do it, he's going to provide everything I need to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and and and, and I've been asked, you know, uh, how do you believe that way? You know, or, or, you know, well, it's easier for you to say that. Or, you know, you know, when I teach the word, when I when I speak the word of God to people or when I'm teaching it, whether on my podcast or on Friday fellowships here at my house, I don't ever. And I may have once or twice in my you know, 12 years of, of really walking with the Lord ever have talked about my experience or my path or, or what God has done for me. Right. I, I, I leave, <laughs> I leave what God has done for me out of it. Not because I'm not happy about it. Not because I don't glorify him for it. It's because God is, because God is going to work in different ways for that person. It, right. It's a different situation. You right. know, what he did for me it, it's going to result the same thing for you, but it may be differently in different ways, you know, because I mean, I don't know that person's current situation or what they're going through. Only God knows. So God may have to direct them differently than the way that he directed me and my family. Absolutely. But the end game is still the same. He's still going to have you be successful through him when you walk with him, you know, and that's why when I speak, when I do the podcast, when I teach the word, I, I just speak the word to people. I, I leave my opinions I leave my thoughts. I leave my interpretation out of it. I leave all of that out of it. I just read the word to people. And some people, don't, you know, some for some, for some it works. I right. just read it to them. And I actually, and I, you know, when I'm having uh, fellowships with them, I say, open your Bible and let's just read together. Let's we're read just it. going to read this context together. You know, if it's, if it's talking about health, okay, we're going to, we're going to go through scripture and we're just going to read about different examples of what God says regarding our health or, you know, if it's about finances or if it's about marriage, I don't even talk about my personal issues in marriage. If I'm, if I'm helping somebody else in their marriage, I just go to the word and what God says about marriage, because God is going to use his own words right. to apply it and to work through that person's life. It isn't my words or my experience. You know, Paul says, uh, we can look at Paul and Paul, you know, Paul 
when he reasoned, uh, I believe in the book of Acts, he says, and he reasoned out of the scriptures. He reasoned out of the scriptures. He didn't reason with his own words. He didn't reason out of his own experience. He reasoned with the word of God. You know, it was the word, the word that the word was preached. It was the word that was taught. It was the word that was spoken. And we just got to do give. We just got to do the speaking of God's word. And God is the one that's going to work in that person's life. Absolutely. You know, you were you said it earlier. Uh, a man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know, that is a a daily thing. It yes. isn't just a Sunday thing. And <laughs> right. you know, tradition has overpowered so much of the Christian mind today that because they go on Sundays, they get fueled, and it doesn't even last a couple hours. It doesn't even last a couple, a couple hours. Couple <laughs> hours. Couple hours until the football game is on, and next thing you know, they forgot what the preacher said. Right. You know, but. You know, living living the godly life or walking with God isn't dependent upon your attendance on Sunday mornings. You know, it, it, it isn't even depending on, you know, oh, okay, this this is what I was able to do today. No, it's uh, mention I'll live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We have to invest our time into the, into Scripture, into the Word of God. You know, it's interesting that God did that with, with the children of Israel. When he had, when he fed them with manna, he fed them with manna on a daily basis, except the seventh day, because he was teaching them that they had to depend on God on a daily basis, yes. not on a monthly basis, not on a weekly basis. Every single day, they had to make the decision to trust God, and that's the same thing with us: is we have to get to the place of taking God at His word and living it out and the best we out. can. Hey, yeah. we're gonna mess up, but don't soak in your you're, when you trip and fall, I mean, just get back up. You're still a son of God. You're still a daughter of God. You're still sanctified. You're still washed. You're still justified. Just get back, get back up, and keep walking. Yeah, you know. I think, um, you know, as we as we try to bring this this thing in for a landing, um, me and my wife had that conversation uh, maybe earlier today or yesterday, or we were just talking about how so often someone will, you know sit in a Bible study or, or or sit in a sermon. And as soon as the Bible study's over, as soon as the sermon's over, they default back to their old life and they just start living. They don't take what the word of God says and open it up that next day, you know, and try to wrestle with it all week and try to pray that God manifest that in their life. And, and I never understood that because, you know, for for me, Sunday or Tuesday or Friday, whatever day it is that you gather with other believers, is supposed to be a launching point. Most people make that the ending point, right? Oh, I made it to uh, Brother Daniel's uh, Friday night Bible study. I made my quota for the week. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'm done. Saturday, now I can live however I want. Until next Friday night <laughs> when I sit down with Daniel or if somebody meets on a Sunday morning or if somebody meets on a Thursday night or whatever day of the week that they meet together, they find themselves saying that that's the end. But that's not the end. You know, that's supposed to be a a launching point, a beginning point. You're getting poured into, you're getting prayed for, you're getting encouraged so you can go and live this life. Um, for the rest of the week. That's a challenge for most people. They really, really struggle with living this beyond the gathering. 
And the gathering is supposed to be a yeah. place where you're filled up and you're encouraged and you're built up. Oh, and the like. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, and I, I think there's a, a bit of a delay, but um, uh, that's what I was going to say. You know, the, the, the issue also is that people are told what to do, what to leave, you know, how to think. And they're not taught how to go to the word of God. They're not taught where to look in the word of God. And that that is where my deepest passion is when I work with people is I am not going to tell you what to believe. I right. am not going to tell you how to think, how to act. What I to am do. going to read you the word of God. Yeah, I am going to I am going to not only read you the word of God. I am going I, I want to teach you. I want to work with you and teach you how you can go to the word of yes. God and let God show you how you ought to think, how you ought to act, how you ought to to, to speak and love and, 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 and so forth. And, but that's the problem today is that Sunday morning, you know, Sunday has just become a, you know, Hey, this is how you should do it. This is what you should do. You know, this is how you should act, you know, count your blessings or do this during the week, but they're not encouraged. They're not taught how to go to the word and search God's word for information. You know, God is the one that has the answers and he is the source for life. So if, if life is what you're seeking and, and, and life in abundance is what you're seeking, we have you have to go to the word. Because that's you know? where life is, is in the in the word. And like you said, you know, whether it's Sunday, whether it's Tuesday, whether it's Saturday, right. whatever day that is that you come together, that's not the end. Right. You're supposed to be equipping people, you know, and, and if I'm the teacher, my job is to teach them how to fish, not to catch fish for them. Right. Because if I teach them how to fish, then they can feed themselves, right? And so we're equipping people with how to, and that was something that was shared with me, you know, is that most people are taught the word, but they're not taught how to study the word, you know? And when you get around somebody who's teaching you how to study the word, sometimes a person is confused because it's like, aren't you going to tell me what to do? No, I'm showing you how to get to the answers. I need you yeah. to know how to get to these answers because I'm not going to be yeah. with you Wednesday afternoon when you've got to know you've got to go to the word for yourself, you know, because you can't call me every day of the week. You know, hey, hey, pastor, what's the what's that verse? And such? No, man, I taught you how to know the word. I love how Paul says that Timothy's mother and grandmother taught him the word. Right. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. we need more grandmothers and mothers, you know, like Eunice and Lois yeah. to teach people the word. Cause he said, man, I can trust the word that's in you. Cause I know they taught it to you. I know they taught you yeah. how to read it. And so, you know, as, as we get ready to wrap up, I would love for you um, to take some final minutes and encourage people, you know, number one, to get in the word, but number two, could you pray for our audience? You know, um, that they would walk in this new man and and and, and understand that we got to embrace this. It's not going to just fall on us. We're not going to just snap our fingers and I don't lie anymore. I don't cuss anymore. I don't lust anymore. I don't do all this stuff anymore. I just I thought that was supposed to happen at the snap of a finger. No, you're actually going to have to apply yourself. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just what I've been saying for the, you know, for the majority of the time that we've had this podcast and even in my other podcast, you know, is is the word. We have to get back to the word of God and we have to take the time to read it. You read it, you work it, 
And the more that you read it, the more you're going to know God. You can't know God, and, and this may sting a little bit for some, you can't know God just by music. You can't know God just by looking at trees. You can't know God because people come up with their own gods by looking at different things and using different things. The only way to know God is to know the word that he has revealed to us. So my encouragement is read the word of God. Read it to understand it. Read it to learn it. Read it to work it. Because there is so much information out there today, whether Christian-based or not Christian-based, that you have to go to the Word of God to prove it right and prove it wrong. Amen. The Word of God is 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 pure. It is purified seven times. It is the it is the truth and it is life, and that is where we prove things that are that, that are out there to be either godly or not godly. And if we are not if we don't familiar familiarize ourselves with Scripture, it's we're going into a war without knowing how to use our tools, you know, and it can be a a, a carnal world or it can be, you know, our spiritual world, which we know is a spiritual world, but there's a lot of things that happen in the background that unless you know what the scripture says, you won't be aware of what's going, going on around you and even your family, you know? So it's, it's the word and nothing but the word. It's, and you know, and I told people this before it's, I don't care if at the end of the day, I don't have any friends. I am going to live by the word of God. If I have to be the only person that stands on it, because I know who at the end of the day will have my back, Amen. you know, and sure. Yeah. Well, that's a lonely path, but well, I'm not alone. I got the father and I got the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all I need, you know, but you know, and, 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 and when we're not, we're going to make mistakes along the way, but you know, it is possible. And the word of God says that the man of God may be perfect. All scripture is God breathed and useful mm. for rebuking, for correcting, for instruction in righteousness. For what purpose? So that the man of God may be perfect. We can be perfect. And I fear this a lot, you know, well, we just, we're just not perfect. We can be perfect. Well, the Word of God says we can be perfect if we just apply His Word in our lives and in our minds. So, again, my encouragement is go back to the Word of God. And if you don't know how, seek, you know, someone that you may trust or someone that can, you know, teach you how to go to the Word or how to read the Word of God or contact, you know, Anthony, contact myself. I, I am always available. I, I try to make myself available all the time to teach God's Word and to teach people how to go to God's word. Amen. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll close in prayer and I'll, and I'll pray for our listeners and even for ourselves. Yes. yes, sir. So gracious Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your word, Lord. Most importantly is your word, because as you say, your word, you, you have put your word above your name. That's how sure you are of your own word. You have put your word above your name. And that is just such a high position to, to hold your word at, Father, and, and the value of what your word is. And I th- and we I just want to thank you for your word, Father, and for the instruction of life that you've given us. And that you just help us, Lord, to read what the scripture says, give us the understanding of what your word says so that we can apply it in our lives, Lord. I thank you for the spirit of, of, of God that, you, that you've given us um, to be called sons and daughters of God, that you, you know, have washed us you have sanctified us and you have justified every single believer every single christian every single person that has confessed jesus christ as lord and has believed that you have raised your son from the dead needs to know and that you just speak to their hearts and in their minds that they are fully fully complete and fully capable of walking with you 
to do everything that you instruct them to do, Father, that they don't need to depend on their themselves or even in their old man nature, that they need to walk in the new creation that you have created in Christ in order to walk with you, Father. So I just want to thank you, and I love you, Father, and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Brother Daniel, for coming on and sharing with us, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. To those that are listening, um, you're listening to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. Remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you all. Till next time.